is VPR Radio, Thursday, every single week, 2 p.m., with the amazing DJ FMI. Appreciate What's up, FMI? I'm sitting here. Uh, it feels like it's 9 in the morning, because I've been up since, like, 6, <laughs> running around and getting ready for everything on VPR, club events that I'm postponing, or I'll see you guys next year with DJ. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll see y'all next year with DJ. I, watch I know, that's right. We, we have a very, very special guest today, Michael Lott Jr., journalist, award-winning journalist, uh, you know, talk show host, radio host, sports anchor, news anchor, the list goes on and on, professor. <laughs> it's like, remember Living Color with me have five job fun. That's, <laughs> that's Mr. Lyle here. He am <laughs> seven job man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, I know. But guess what, though? It's all about making these coins right now in this pandemic. Amen. You never know, especially in our line of work, man. You've been hearing what's going on in the radio and media industries with everything being where they're at. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. So you got to keep that source of income flowing in many directions. So I take I great pride in having all these mini streams coming in. I ain't got no shame. Oh, you that. should. You should. Yeah. We love many jobs around here. We know we're we're Libras. We both hustle hard. Yeah. Um, and, and being from New York, you know, I feel like it's just ingrained in you from birth. Well, but I, definitely, right, so I guess I know what that's all about, too. I know about that hustle life. <laughs> okay. we, we, can tell. <laughs> we can tell that you know a little bit about the hustle. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot about the hustle. I know that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's get right into it, because you have a long and diverse resume um, and yeah. career. What made you get started in media, and how did you begin to get your feet wet in this world? Started back in high school. When I was a junior, I wanted to uh, be a sports reporter. I wrote for my high school newspaper. I was a guy that was always talking about sports. I covered our high school teams. I was the editor-in-chief for a couple of years before I graduated. And it was something that stuck with me since then. And even now, even though a lot has changed in my approach to what I do for a living, I haven't lost that vibe and that grind and that drive to do this kind of work. So it started way back in my junior year of high school, going all the way back. Yeah. Back in the 90s. And that's where I, and even now, 22 and a half years later, I'm still here doing this work, even though, like I said, a lot has changed. And not just doing sports now, I do a little bit more local news. I do a lot of politics, I do entertainment. Um, I'm pretty much the jack of all trades now. So that's where I've come in this business. And I embrace it because it has taught me a lot more than just what I wanted to become, which was a sports guy. I started off in sports. My first job was at ESPN here in Connecticut where they're based in 2003. I worked there for six years behind the scenes, but then I wanted to be more of an on-air talent. So I started going out and doing more local radio reporting for local stations here. And that's what I'm doing now here in Hartford and also up in Springfield, Mass. In addition to that, I was a newspaper writer for a couple of years too. So I did them dabbing a little bit of everything related to media. I haven't done as much TV work. I mean, I guess you can call this TV maybe. I mean, (laughs) in a way, but I haven't done much television work. So I've been more of a print guy and a radio guy. And um, and a producer, and I've also done voiceover work for outlets too. So I do everything. I do it all. Oh, I love it! You're getting all those coins. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about? Yeah, I mean, you have to. Can we talk about how, when you got started, you learned how to diversify yourself and kind of um, be able to go off into other areas, and how you're able to balance the multitude of because it's all in media and media related, but they're all different, right? So they require a certain type of decorum or, you know, whether you're speaking or whether it's a voiceover, I'm sure you have to do like breath exercises and things like that. 
tell us how you how you keep up with that and how you learned how to kind of put on those different hats and say, okay, now I'm sports guy, now I'm covering politics. How do you work that out? I'm going to take a saying from my uh, martial arts instructor who told me this one time when we were learning Taekwondo and Hapkido. Um, he said to me, practice doesn't make perfect. He said to me, practice makes permanent. Mm. And I said, because if you do something and you stick with it and do it consistently, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Right. You might find yourself taking lapses in between doing that kind of work. But when you go back to it after, say, a certain amount of time, stepped away from doing it and then something will say, ah, I remember that now. Okay. So if you can do this regularly and you might find yourself taking vacations in between, you won't lose trait. You might have to readjust to how to do it, but you will not yeah. forget. Remember, you'll remember just how you had to do it so that you can go out there and execute it. So that's when I say when I'm doing uh, sports work, now I'm doing polit political work. Like I got to turn off being a sports reporter and not to be a news anchor to report about COVID-19 or anything okay. related to politics or anything related to like a crime scene or anything related to like severe weather. So yeah. I have to watch and learn. I study this craft too. I watch and listen to radio all the time. I'm constantly listening to radio on my phone. I listen to people that do this business for a living. I listen and study what they do. And I apply yeah. that to what I do for a living here. Like I find ways, how can I make myself more marketable and more, more unique versus somebody who I just heard doing a newscast? Like what can I do to make myself stand out from the rest of the crowd? I already found that niche. I do it all. I can do many traits. I can do all the things that I need to do as a journalist, whether it be writing, producing, editing, speaking, whatever. I think that's what makes you more of a unique person, that you can take one trait and make it work in many ways. I completely agree with that. I mean, that, that's a really dynamic yeah. way to live and to approach things. Um, we talk about that all the time, even when it just comes to music, really just practicing and honing your craft. That is so, so important. Um, and I'm not surprised because I also took martial arts for many years that you took martial arts because I'm sure. I'm a yellow belt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and you said Aikido, right? Aikido and Taekwondo, yes. Aikido. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of the discipline that you learned from that um, mm -hmm. is something that you actually put into what you do today. Would you say that that's true? Absolutely. Um, no sport that teaches you discipline and focus than martial arts because you have to study your opponent. You have to study techniques. You have to execute certain techniques a certain way. There's no half step in the end. There's no room for error. You have to do it to the per damn have to be flawless with your approach because one simple mistake can be a fatal mistake or okay. one simple mistake can be a major mistake that you will have to you may not necessarily recover all the way from, but it stays with you and then you have to spend a lot of time trying to clean it up. Yeah. For you or especially, else. especially doing media, you know, when we get online and we do speak up on certain topics, we have to be careful and mindful that other people are viewing it from other sides. And I try, me personally, I try to be very fair for both. You know what I mean? Uh, at least with the platform that we have here. Now, my question to you, has there ever been a stage or any platform that you actually had to stop yourself and go, <sighs> like, stage fright or anything like that? What, which, which platform was that? I think it was early on in my career when I first started doing on-air work, like maybe nine, ten years ago when I first got in front of the microphone. Listen, it's called human nature. You're afraid yeah. you're going you're to you're screw up. You yeah. think there's an audience in front of you, but there's no yeah. audience. You're talking into a microphone, but you think that there's people that are listening to you right now that whatever you say <laughs> into that microphone is going to go over those speakers. 
So yeah. you better make sure it's the right thing that goes over there, and you better not screw it up because <laughs> you better not screw it up. <laughs> no pressure, media, right? No pressure. But now you got the age of social media where they can tweet, they'll tweet you or you and say, "Hey, I heard you on the radio. You said this wrong, or you gotta correct this, or what's wrong yeah. with you, bro? You sound, you sound like you're a little tired. What's going on with you?" Trust yeah. me, I have gotten comments like that in the past because one thing I was also told, you cannot, and I'm sure y'all know about this being in the media, you cannot lie to your audience. Mm -hmm. They will know when you don't sound on your A game. If you Amen. Do this, they know. They're comfortable with your voice, so they pick up on that. That's they right. do. They, know. they pick up on those nuances. Yeah. They're hearing you 24 mm -hmm. 7. So they'll they know, know it. They study you too. Like, they study them. They study you too. They like, oh no, she didn't sound right. They're not. DJ was off today. What's going on with DJ? You all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thankfully, FMI's never off with those, those mixes, though. That's for damn no, no, no. He's, he's on his point. We know that. He's got that down to a science. <laughs> Absolutely. So, can you tell us in all of the different areas that you do dabble? Do you have a favorite one that you're like, you know, if I could do this every single day, that that would be it for me? Or do you love being able to do various different types of jobs because it just really keeps your skill set fresh? I love what I do. And there's a saying that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Amen. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, I'm blessed to be in front of a microphone where I'm allowed to speak the news of the day to our communities that we serve. Yeah. And on the side, use this voice I developed to do other things. I've done voiceover tracks for, for other shows for some of my colleagues, some of my mentees. I do voiceover work for as well. So I look at this as a blessing that I have this God-given talent to use to my advantage and to help others and to yeah. make others sound great. And if I'm doing that, then that's then I'm happy. Then I then I love it. I love that. We, we love being able to bring on guests that really enjoy what they do. I think it shines through, not not just in you know your everyday work, but in your personality, in your positivity. Um, because most of the time when you see people that are miserable, they've got misery on top of misery in their oh, lives. No. And a lot of it begins with their job. When, you, when yeah. you're working 8, 10, 12 hours a day somewhere that you hate, it's going to be very difficult for you to find fulfillment in the rest of your life because that area where you spend so much of your time um, is just really, really stressful. And so it does carry on into other areas of your life. Good point you made there just now about working so many hours. In fact, this past Saturday, I worked 14 and a half hours in Springfield because, as you know, we have a new president elect. And yeah. that's where yeah. 1130. I was usually I usually work the Saturday morning shift from seven and eight till 12. Mm -hmm. Around 1130, I got the news that the story about Joe Biden had been elected. So I had a, we had a show on at the time that was on record. Yeah, I asked my boy, can I break into the show and present the news of what happened? He said, sure. So that's just what I did. 1145 pulled down the show that was on our airways, opened up that microphone. Great. Great news. Joe Biden has been elected president. He's yeah. won the number of uh, electoral votes for Pennsylvania to win. That was yep. the first voice they heard on our station was my Perfect. voice. That's that was a proud moment for me on Saturday. And from, yeah. there, and from there, though, we had wall-to-wall -wall coverage because I was just, I'm was i usually the only uh, guy anchored on the weekends up there. So I was okay. working from yeah. 7 in the morning until 9, 30, 10 o'clock Saturday night last week. Wow. Local news along the uh, our coverage from NPR, which was doing the national reports on what happened with the outcome of the election. So you say what you say about loving what you do. You could be in the job for 14 and a half hours, but guess what? As tired as I was, I enjoyed every second of those 14. Amen to that. I, I know all too well. 
And that's what a lot of people, you know, I, I would say they have to search for. Find something that you love. Find something that that you wake up in the morning, you do that. And it is so easy for you where you can just close your eyes and you you find bliss in it. When I'm DJing, I'm not thinking about the world. I'm not thinking about anything. When I'm recording, I'm not thinking about the world. I'm focused. And I fly through hours. And I come out six hours later or four hours later, like, oh, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then back, and so, then put the put the other hat on and get back to the next thing, right? FMI. Right. Editing, videography, weddings. Exactly. I do want to ask a question based off of the answer that you just gave, actually, because I love it. You said that you went to your station manager, I believe, and you were like, "Can I break this news?" Talk to me about what it means to be proactive in your career and the type of opportunities that you can create for yourself, because I think that that's very inspiring. A lot of times people are waiting for things to come to them. And sometimes, you know, especially since the worst that you can get is a no, the best thing that you can do is say, hey, you know what? I'm the right person for this. Give me a shot. And that was, and I, with a lot of thought went into that process too when I had asked my news director, hey, NPR, I'm sure I had the story out there. We were the only station that was still doing a show that was on tape that didn't have any news about this. Yeah. So I asked, can we take this shot? He said, you know what? That's a good idea, Mike. He said, go for it. So that's just what happened. Sometimes when you've gained the trust of your colleagues and they know what you can do for a living and they know your skill set, they will say, take the bull by the horns and run with it. Now you have an opportunity to do something that's unheard of, which is make history. That was history on Saturday. Amen. You'll never that. And if you live through that moment and you can say, where were you on that date? Now you remember I was a part of history and where was I? On the radio when that story broke. And right. I had the trust of my peoples in Springfield that said, you go ahead and take care of this. And then you do what you gotta do. And if you need to, and as long as you're able to work this shift, you'll take just just do what you gotta do. Whenever you have the trusting of others, and that's always a thing I talk about in this business is trust. Let's face it, y'all. This industry can be sometimes two-faced. I'm gonna put it out. We got colleagues that some of us we look at as colleagues, but then there's one minute you're down with them, next minute they show you their arm or they show you their hand, next minute they the cold shoulder, next minute they just ghost you. Mm-hmm. So that could be a very tricky thing about working in media. There's so many people that want to be on top of the game. They want to live for moments like I did on Saturday. They want to be the yeah. one to say, I was number one to do that. I was on top of this. I did this. I did that. But here's where I come and draw the line. And we should be doing this together as a team. Mm-hmm. That would not have happened if I didn't ask my news director permission because this is my job. But I want to make sure he's okay with it. This is the team effort. Yeah. Our stuff looked good for the rest of our listeners. That's what they come to. But we don't get along. But if if, if we're not getting along and not on the same page, then you create a toxic environment. And I know a lot of folks in media that are just like that, man. They just don't want to just be the one to share the wealth. They want to take all the glory and do do it for themselves and just say, the hell with everybody else. Yeah. I'm not like that because I know that, listen, I'm very humble and I will speak the truth about these issues. If, If it was to me, I would never do that because I know one thing, God don't like ugly, and he does see what goes on. It does come it back. back. Because it really does come back. What you put out there definitely comes back to you tenfold. And I know uh, quickly before we got on air, we were speaking about mm-hmm. COVID and how right now we're yeah. in New York, guys. So 10 p.m. starting Friday, everything. Yeah. Restaurant. It's finito. Um, you know, we're, we're close to that 3% threshold, and Cuomo is saying that if we hit that number, the schools are going to close. So for parents that, you know, don't yeah. have your children remote or you just signed off for them to go half and half, it's likely um, to go mm-hmm. down. But can you talk to us a little bit about what's happening in New York? 
you know, things that are going on on your exactly. side and, and with your reporting on COVID, what you've seen, what your experiences have been during this pandemic? Well, it's been challenging up here in New England because, like I mentioned, like you did like off the air, we were I was talking about here in New England, Connecticut particularly, we've now gone backwards. The yeah. Numbers are going up every day. It's going up everywhere for that matter. We're yeah. now on a and our governor here, Governor Ned Lamont, has issued this travel advisory where he's making it that each state that has seen a spike in COVID cases is now under an advisory. Whereas if you come from, say, a state like um, most recently was added was Massachusetts, for example. And I live only 20 minutes from downtown Springfield across the state line. So right. if you're in Massachusetts now, since they're a hotspot as part of that advisory, you have to quarantine for two weeks if you stay overnight. Yeah. And you cannot come back. And if you're leaving out of our airport here, which is Bradley Airport, if you're flying to a hotspot, you can come back, but then you guys self-quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. And not just that, but these new track and trace methods, they are definitely popping up to make sure that you've been quarantining. If you sign in and say, hey, I'm going to be quarantining at this hotel, um, you know, some places outside of the nation have the same type of stipulations. They do. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes. Is it does seem like we're we're hustling backwards a little bit. Do you feel like things opened up too quickly, which made it just more inevitable for us to have that next wave? I do. Yeah. I think the problem was, and I don't want to play politics here, but I do think the problem was the leadership in the country right now was too mm -hmm. gullible about this whole virus. Hate to say, but the guy in charge kept downplaying this thing from the very beginning in March when it first came here. Oh, yeah. Ever since we have been in this position since March, it's not gotten any better. We saw the numbers were trying to dwindle down because once we get into, went into quarantine mode, we saw that that was working. The problem is, you yeah. mentioned this off air too, DJ, is that some folks out there just don't want to listen. Right. Wear right. your mask, social distance, follow the CDC guidelines. You can't collaborate with people right now. You need to stay away, six feet apart. Um, I still walk around here and I still see people without any mask. I'm like, okay, so no wonder why we're going to be in a pandemic because you're not wearing your mask. Yeah, Some of them are yeah. still listening to people that are not doctors who will remain nameless, who think they got a grip on this, but they really don't. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we're still in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because until we understand that this is a virus that is not going away until we get a vaccine, which is not even in the Minkins now. Even when we do get a vaccine, it's going to be worldwide distribution of this thing. It's not going to just happen like, okay, you get one. I get one. Everybody's going to work. I want to get your input on that whole vaccine situation. A lot of people are talking about 2021, the end of 2020, really trying to implement some things. Um, concern for the safety yeah. of children, whereas vaccines with children already have some you know, um, issues, if you will, that, you know, people debate about whether they're true or not. But what what do you think the timeline is going to be? And what do you feel about the distribution of the vaccine? Do you think that it should be completely mandatory for all people who live in the United States? Uh, that's a tough one. It should be. But I think that, see, what they did here is that they decided to start a process where they're going to decide who gets first dibs on this vaccine when it does come out. Mm -hmm. They're prioritizing like the elderly folks get it first, the youth get it first, and then us adults in a certain age group will get it next. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're gonna. That's how they um, structured it. They should give it to sense. the five percent first and make sure. It's well, safe. they should. 
that's easier said than done because once yeah. this thing gets out there and then you got to worry about the black market side to it too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Black market everything, right? When something goes legal, you got to have a black market bootleg version. Yeah, you know they're going to try and find ways to make some money off this thing. You, who wouldn't, right? Everybody's trying to get their hustle on right now. It's the economy's in shambles. What do you think they're going to do, right? Yeah, and all, and all the big drug companies, all the big drug companies are in a race, you know, if you will. Right. Which, which doesn't make me feel great about it because it's like. Like Kodak or another company that I was hearing of that was having trials, and I was like, they make medicine. I'm like, how? And like we do now. Stop <laughs> they do now. They do now, and they're gonna make a lot of this stuff that too now. <laughs> they will. They will. hundred oh, percent. Unbelievable. I just think it's gonna be a process. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna be. A, I don't know, man. It's gonna be. A, they're saying it's probably not gonna be until 2021 when we get back to normal, but that depends on where we go now because we're still in 2020. Ending soon, and I, and I did want to ask you that. Do you, feel, do you feel like this is our new normal? Have you, you know, I feel like I've, I've been saying that for a while, FMI as well. You know, when the pandemic hit, I think it had everybody up in arms a little bit. And then once you realize this is going to be something that's lasting, this is something that has gone, not just, you know, in the United States, but across the world. So it's definitely something that has a cause for concern. Do you feel like there's going to be a few years of masking up and social distancing and online events and et cetera, et cetera? But do you feel like a year from now, everything will be back to normal? It's going to be a process because you got to remember now that we're in this new norm. It's going to take something. It's going to take a human vibe to readjust to what it was like before March of 2020. Right. Where we weren't wearing masks. We were able to travel freely without any restrictions. Yeah. Now that we've been under this quarantine and under this, this, um, this lockdown, it's going to take some time to readjust to life. Now we have to think about the mindset there. It's like playing, it's like mind over matter. Like now you got to think about, okay, I'm going outdoors. Am I going to be around people that have COVID now? Who's got COVID? It's this psyche is now messing you up with all this. So now it's going to be a process. Do you feel like COVID is like yeah, the next HIV where it came, it, it had a burst, couldn't be controlled, and then they found ways to control it. But, you know, 10, 15 years it died down, but it's going to be something that really lasts within you know, humankind, this is just going to be a new, you know, COVID vaccine added to, you know, the chicken pox and the flu. Do you think it's going to become immersed mm. that much in society that it's just the norm? It's probably going to become on the levels of HIV because that's where we're at now. In fact, look at the numbers. Look, yeah. who's, what, what is killing this? What is, how many people have died? What is the cause of, what is the leading cause of death right now in this world right now? It's not the, um, it's not crime. It's the virus. Right. And we, as a country, are leading the world in daily cases and deaths. Yeah. Every day I'm on the radio, I report a certain number of people have died from COVID-19 in these parts. So yeah. every day, you can expect that somebody's going to be passing away from COVID-19, is what it sounds like. You know, Kiana, and the thing about what COVID is, if it doesn't strike you at home, people tend right. to forget. Because I'm, I'm, I'm before this, I'm watching people walk around with no mask, and I'm like, you do know. Staten Island is an uptick right now. Like, not even in my zip code, but it's like, yeah. you do know you're out here. You know what I mean? It, we, I think we're going to have to approach it with like a mm -hmm. human level of things of saying, all right, this person has a mask on, at least let me put one on so I'm not putting them at, you know, danger. You know what I mean? It, it, it's less political and try to bring yeah. it to like a human aspect to respect another space. And I feel like with that divide that we've been going through in the last four years, 
it's getting harder to differentiate politics and just humans. You know what I mean? As far I as definitely people. agree with you, FMI. I think that's a great segue because we, we did touch on your reporting on when, you know, President-elect um, Joe Biden was announced. Can you tell us your feelings on that and whether you feel like there is going to be a wave of positive change through him, Kamala Harris? Do you feel like that's going to be um, good news for the Democrats, good news for the urban and the at-risk communities who have also seen the highest waves of coronavirus deaths and, um, you know, testing rates? I think we're going to see a lot, a much more, re a more responsible approach to this is what I think we're going to see. Because they are already, despite what's going on with the current administration's transition, they are already forming a coronavirus task force. Somebody from Yale University was recently announced that they're going to head that task force. Mm -hmm. That's what I expect to see from this new incoming administration. They're going to bring a mature response to this virus. And some people are afraid that they're going to take the steps that like the countries like uh, England and Italy did when they shut down the entire country for months because they wanted to get the thing under control. Well, they got it contained. And I was going to say, if that's what yeah. it's going to take, yeah, got to do what you got to do. Got to do it. Until then, <laughs> we're still in the pandemic. You may not like it, but hey, what would you rather be right now? Would you rather be two years from now still in this position, or would you rather be outdoors doing something fun? Right. Or, or would you rather be alive? You know, there's so much to consider. That's and it. I think that. I've, we've had so many people that are like, oh, my God, quarantine, pandemic. I feel like I'm in jail. First of all, please stop comparing quarantine at home, whatever you want to eat and drink and, and, and with the loved ones to jail, which is a completely separate, different and, and very, very, yeah, very mentally slaughtering type of experience. So. It's not one and the same. I think, no, FMI, you made perfect sense in saying the humanity has to be there. Humanity, because when that humanity isn't yeah. there, when you're not saying to yourself, well, I'm fine, my kids are fine, but let me make sure everyone else that I'm around is safe. You know, let me stay home. I don't have to go out and, you know, create an event. I don't have to be around 25 people. I don't have to have a wedding with 500 people right now. You know, let me or, find you want to do that, mask up. Right. Put the mask on. Mask. Mask. It's just... <laughs> like you said, D batteries, D batteries, mask, mask, mask. <laughs> mask, mask, mask. mask. Come on mask, mask, mask. No, you black no. We, so, we, no, we want my mask. We want mask. We put mask on. Mask. Put your mask on. Right. Yeah, that sounds like a hot 16 waiting to happen. If we do the right thing, D battery, no, mask, mask, that should be the new thing. No, 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 mask, not D battery, mask. Um, I love it. That's the sad part is that this has become a part of our lives where you cannot go to bed or get up without thinking about COVID. Yeah, part of our routine now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you, especially yeah. being a news anchor, you know you're doing it every day, but they're announcing it every day. The mayor, the governor, they've got their own, you know, lineup of time that they come on and talk about the numbers. Can I ask you a question? In the midst of all of this, and especially being that you do have to report on so many different things, I know the news for me. I'm an empath. Sometimes I just mm -hmm. have to turn it off. How do you decompress and separate yourself from sometimes the really 
volatile and devastating things that you have to report. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to my class about this today. Yeah. Um, trying to guard their interest because I know they've been overwhelmed with this whole COVID situation. Right. And I just try to see what they do outside class. When I'm off work or whatever the case, where I live, I have a basketball court up the street from there. So I just go out there and I shoot for a little bit. So I'm a basketball guy. They took down. That's my <laughs> That's what I do. I just shoot. They took down. Oh, the yeah, they did. I live in a private complex here. So they, have, they have one court with one basket and that's it. Yeah. So it's like just one basket with just one section of the blacktop. I just go out there and have the shoes for a little bit and I just go inside afterwards. He said, I'm sorry, you poor New Yorkers. I'm fancy. Okay. I love it. I love it. And so that gets you to decompress and you're able to just take, take a few minutes and breathe. It does. You got to do that, though. You have to decompress or watch something on TV that makes you laugh, like a comedy or a movie. Yeah. Or like I'm watching on uh, YouTube now this thing called Karate um, Karate Combat. Mm -hmm. This new sporting event called Karate Combat. It's, uh, it's, kind of watch. it's really fun stuff to watch. It's been my yeah. crave now. Very so, nice. I find a way to decompress from all this craziness in the world. You have to, though. It's for your mental health sake, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard to now because. Uh, I you see. I I have a short attention span, so I'm not watching full movies. Which I do. If I'm interested, I'm gonna sit there. Like the Stay Fly movie, I was blown away with the trip. So we're gonna touch on that later. But with me, I'm on YouTube, and on YouTube, I cannot. An ad will come on if you're not voting for this one. This COVID did the standard third. If I'm not getting an ad, or if I'm if I'm through the YouTube thing, it's either a stand right. video, Fox Five video. I'm just like, and it's like on television. Uh, I open my phone. And then going to my phone or like the news post app goes to the iPhone, and I'm just like, Yeah, I hear right. you. I, I just need to not hear you. Like, I need my time to decompress. Like, I don't mind, I don't mind, I'm not trying to be rude, but I just got off being at work for six hours talking about craziness on the radio for that amount of time. Yeah, I, I need to take a minute to, to breathe. I'll get ready. And I need to eat dinner or something too. I need to have some because I gotta consume my nourishment before I can get back. That's right, this. don't make me hangry. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I gotta reclaim my time, like like Madam, like Madam Maxie Morris said. I gotta reclaim my time now. Yeah, amen to that. I think that's <laughs> important, and and I think that's another great segue. I wanted to talk about like protecting your energy. How do you manage to do that? Because I know that you deal with so many people. You've got a lot of socialization going on, but I know as people that attain great success, the more that they can climb the more you learn to protect your energy, because like we were talking about earlier, these snakes in the grass, and even people mm -hmm. that you work with that don't yeah. necessarily want to see, you know, the best things happen for you, especially if they can take an opportunity from out under you. Right. How have you learned throughout your career to learn how to protect your energy, kind of read people and find who around you, who will be good to, um, you know, be involved in, partner with? How do you make that decision? I just use my instincts. They, it's, it's what we call vibes. Oh, when you get a vibe off somebody, you'll feel it and you'll know it. You'll get a vibe immediately. You think the person's going to be good for you or it's going to be a problem for you. I agree. And I've learned over the course of my 22 and a half years that I'm not for everybody. I think maybe my aggressive approach to what I do for a living is my, maybe rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm a little too overzealous about my work. Maybe, I don't know. I Listen, with all my work and what I've achieved, don't think for one second I don't have any haters on my side too. 
Oh, I know that's right. You got to have a school of them. Your mom said, go to his Instagram. You, 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 you will see why. The accolades are all there, man. Yeah. I don't even get a lot of territory. Yeah, I don't even get a lot of likes on my posts either. I get maybe I see people who I don't even know who get like maybe four or five hundred likes on one post. I get like maybe 20, 30 on average a day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but I'm doing the same thing you're doing. I'm like, what is it to them? I'm doing different. I just think like, you know, I don't like to compare and contrast, but I'm just saying I know I'm not for everybody. And I guess that's because I was raised a certain way that you have to look out for yourself first before anybody else. Because this is a cool world. And you don't ever want to be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think it's good not to be for everybody. Because if you're for everybody, what really makes you unique? You know? Then that means you got a lot of phony people around you that just want to see you rise up. But then when you start to come down, that's when you start to see who's really down for you when you're going through these strangers. Like right oh, now, yeah. we're finding out right now, people being laid off from their jobs. You start to see who's really going to be down for you. Like if you were to lose your job right now, the same people that were vibing with you while you were on top of your game, now all of a sudden you went through a a cold spell. You went through a tribulation. Now you lost your job. Yeah. Is that same crew going to be down for you now that you've gotten through a going through a setback, mm-hmm. or are they going to are they going to ghost you now because they feel like ah oh, you now you just now you're not worth it to me now you're not even not yeah. So I got to learn. I yeah. like those folks from those that I already know who are true to the core because they've been riding with me ever since day one, and I will always ride with you from the start. I'm not going to even with y'all. I'm going to ride with y'all right from the beginning because y'all got me on this today. You guys, I'm going to ride with you all the way. I'm not going to just say, okay, peace, deuces, I'm gone. I don't ever want to hear from y'all again. And I would hope that y'all wouldn't do that with me either. Absolutely. I mean, listen, our guests that we bring on here, they they become a part of the BPR family. Um, And we really love to be able to bring you on, make you comfortable, and talk about a lot of topics that we're not always able to expound on in regular media. Um, not so much the pop culture or necessarily all of the horrible things that are going on, but really touch on things and go a little bit more in depth. And so that's why we love to have, you know, successful, highly intelligent, highly decorated individuals. Okay, like I appreciate the commentary. I love it. <laughs> show. I appreciate the good word. Listen, that's the good thing about me. I'm very humble. I appreciate the kind words. I love it. But ultimately, I want us all to have a seat at the table when we're winning. And we all got to eat. That's what it matters the most. We all got to eat. And it's going to take everybody to get involved and make that happen. We can't just just be like, okay, one person does all the work and everybody else just, no. It's got to be what I think. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's a fact. Especially if we're trying to build our community. I'm going to let FMI ask you your question. I just got to run and plug my computer. I'm looking at this trailer. We need to speak about this because I'm before I'm getting on a show. Like, I want to see what happened after they pulled the gun. I'm just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to let go too much. I want other people to yeah, watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah, I, want other people movie coming. I can't spoil too much before you. I will say this much. This will probably be the only thing you can take that's good from it. I am not going to be killed off. That much I can tell my mother was asking me the other day. Yeah, my mother was like, "Are you going to be killed?" I said, "No, I'm not going to be killed in my first movie." Thankfully, I'm not. Okay. Can't promise you oh, course, I'm not going to ever get killed off in character again. But for this first go around, no, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Can you tell us more yeah, about please. it? I need sure. to- without without any, just some teasers. No, well, you know. 
ruination. You guys have seen the trailer, right? You guys have the trailer from the movie now, right? The trailer's yeah. out. Supposed to be coming yeah. out. What was funny about this is that we filmed this while we were in the middle of the pandemic, but the director, his name is Steven Stick Josie, and he's been in the business for over 30 years. He's done a lot of movies in Hollywood and Atlanta. He's worked with a lot of big names like uh, Clifton Powell. Um, Miss Hoops Alexander is part of the production team for this movie from Miss Hoops from uh, Flavor of Love. You might have heard of her. She's one of the yeah. You see that she's in the clip. So she's one of the executive producers for the film. This was filmed on location wow. in Springfield, all on location up here. He's from the Mass he's from New England, the director. So he wanted to bring a flavor of his experience working in Hollywood to this region. And it was a big boon for the community because all the people he grew up with had a hand in the production and the execution of this film. Everything you see in the trailer Perfect. was filmed on site in Springfield. So cool. the movie is about him going, is about the character going through a life trip, a life situation. He's trying to make decisions based on his wealth and his family. In the meantime, he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet he's got to get rid of. And I'm part of that problem, by the way, as my role as editor. <laughs> as you saw in the climax scene there when he was in my face, that's part of the storyline that he has to deal with where I'm part of his problem that he has to get rid of at the end. So it's a crime drama where it takes you through his life and he's got to go through these different situations. He's got to think about situations that he would have to decide what's best to do for himself, for his family, and if he's going to make the right choice. He's constantly living on the edge because there's always people coming after him. As you saw, he's got a lot of folks chasing him throughout the movie, myself included. Because, like right. I said, I won't say much, but he has a climax that you saw in the clip with me where you'll see how that plays out as to why he eventually triumphs over all the obstacles he had to face in the film. But there's a lot right. that goes into it. Right. And before he comes to me, he has to deal with. Amen to that. Sounds great. When is it officially coming out? Where where can people find the trailer? Can you give us the trailer is on YouTube. I'll repost the trailer today to keep the promotion going because we try to promote this now, especially now the movie industry is bit of a chaos, chaotic mode now because they're not going yeah. out here. So uh, it's supposed to be coming out yeah. in April of 2021, tentatively. They're in the editing process now. Mm -hmm. We filmed, we just finished, we finished filming two months ago. The okay. director normally films okay. films in within four days. We did this in three months. Wow. So you guys ran through it. That was some, I'm sure you were on set for hours yeah, and yeah. hours I and heard, hours. Heard, the, the last acting that I did, I was on set for like 17 mm -hmm. hours. It was, it was brutal, but it was... Been that hard, right? And I've learned that, you know, I'm not like, the, I'm not the kind of likes to play the bad guy in movies, but I found that playing the oh, bad, bad guy is therapeutic, though. But you're mad as hell, you're like, okay, I'm going to unleash all my rage on this character now. I'm so oh, angry. Yeah. I got going on off the set. Now I get to go on set and act it out and unleash some of my, you know... Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Acting and shout out to Spanish Fly Media and Pyrex, who I got to pistol with. I got to kill Emilio. I mean, it's the best when you can just unleash some of that anger without really understanding. It feels good. I definitely agree with you. It's therapy. It's like, and even my first time, they were like, Wow, did you do that? I said, Did I do that? Because I was, this is my first time in this rodeo, and I asked him, How did that go? He said, You scared the entire ship, uh, just the entire. So, yeah, you had the entire. We have to make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is too good. You did this too good. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm Samuel Jackson's dad. I'm just saying that. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson. 
Oh my God. Samuel was definitely made for that life in these oh. movies, right? I, I agree Listen, with you. You probably get a lot more F bombs out of him than you would to me in that yeah, movie. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. So tell us what else you have going on and, and coming up because I know that you 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 have so much on your plate. Is there anything that we should be looking out for over the next few months? I'm just gonna be, it's just gonna be the usual stuff for me. Like I'm still doing the radio gigs. I'm teaching that at my alma mater this semester. I'm teaching a course called Introduction to Blackness in the Media. And um, this course has been about what's been going on in the whole scope of the media for take on black Americans. And let me just say this year alone has helped that curriculum for my class in terms of preparing for what I'm teaching a lot more. Because we had George yeah. Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the aftermath of the election. It has all been in one fell swoop condensed into this class itself because look no further than what has happened in this year alone as to why this course was important to teach and what you could take from it. Yeah. I think that has worked in many that. ways. And what's good about it is that yeah. they are learning and they are grasping it. And it's a mixed batch, by the way. It's a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution, but they are grasping it. And I was afraid at first what they were going to think about it when I first started teaching. But I can tell you that we're halfway through now and they have really taking the course to heart. I'm proud to see that. That's beautiful. And I'm proud to hear that. It's very necessary because I just feel like these conversations are also, you know, often, all too often, swept under the rug. And, you know, especially when you've got a predominantly white university or corporation, it's kind of like sneaking around and not really wanting to talk about racial injustice. Um, You get a lot of that. That's a shame and it shouldn't be like that. Well, how do we actually change that narrative? So... I definitely want to just extend my appreciation for that because you're you're able to help mold the way that some people are seeing things and and receiving what's going on. Changing generations of you know what, yeah. what has happened in the past, and you are legit the one that's helping them understand, and you know vice versa. And they're comfortable enough to sit there and converse and you know go back and forth. And that's awesome if you created that space for them. Right, and that's yeah. a lesson because again, it's it's a tough class to teach because of what's going on, but. Yeah, I think we saw in May what happened with George Floyd is that I think I'm not saying that we have completely turned the corner, but I think that woke everybody up to see what was going on. Like, this is why we have to teach these courses, because it's been going on long before you and I were born. This didn't just start yeah, yeah. in 2020. It's been going on for years. Not even past, okay. Trayvon, past Trayvon Martin, going back into the civil rights era, even before the days of slavery. That's right. And even before. So now we're here in 2020. It's a it's a culmination of what's been going on over the course of these 400 years. Now you're seeing why everybody is so frustrated. Black America is so upset now. It's like, how long? How much longer do we have to put up with this? How much longer do we need to go through these changes? And we're still going through these changes right now. It's not going to be better. We're still going back. It's just being it's being shoved in your face now every day from social media. Right. So now they have to keep it. Or at least they're trying to, or whatever the the, in the case may be. And I think yeah, the, the reporting is on a right. The reporting is on a bigger scale, but I think that was such an agonizing nine minutes that you'd have to be completely not human yeah. to be able to witness not something like that and not feel for yourself and, that that could be you, that could be your brother, that could be your uncle, and no one should have to be literally murdered. Um, for no reason because of the color of their skin. Just such a disproportionate amount of what happens to our people in incarceration and the you know school-to-prison pipeline. I mean, yeah. we could go into so much. I, I do want to talk a little bit, though, because I know that you've been um, doing media for so long. Can you talk about racial 
injustice and disparity that you may have experienced in um, the world that you work in and how you're able to navigate through that? I was, listen, I'm 39 years old. I've been called the N-word many a times. Even before I became an adult, I was called the N-word in grammar school. Okay. I think wow. the fifth grade was my first experience being called the N-word. And that has always been a part of my growing up is that you live in this color skin. This is the hand you've been dealt. You are the underdog. I've carried that mindset. I have not allowed that to be a detriment, but I do realize that this is the way I have to carry myself in the world because I'm going to always be looked at as second fiddle. I'm going to be the underdog no matter what I do in life, no matter how hard I work, no matter what I do, no matter what I achieve. I'm always going to have to work twice or three times as hard to get to that level that somebody that doesn't look like you or me can get by just being average. I can't be yeah. average. I have to be great. I have to be superb. Right. I have to be excellent. I have to be fair. Right. All, all moments. You have to be amazing. And we've had a talk with our parents about that too growing up. If you've had yep. that talk, which is what they call the talk, the talk is know who you are. Know that this mm -hmm. is the life you're going to have to get ready for. The world is going to treat you a certain way. You have to use that to your advantage and work harder to achieve greatness because it's not going to be handed to you. It's not going to be given to you. And it sure as hell is not going to be graciously bestowed to you because you're just a great person. You got to go out there and right. get it. And that's just yeah. the way I was always taught. You got to get out there and work your ass off if you want to meet, if you want to do things in life to be and be happy with it. This is the way it is. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way life is for us. We got to do it. And what gets me upset though is that I work with some kids today in this business and some of my mentor, I got to kind of nudge them a little bit, say, listen, you know, I understand you feel a certain way about having to work like this, but if you want to get on that same level like me or some of your colleagues you see on TV or whatnot, then you have to really roll up your sleeves and you got to do it. Yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. it out. It's true. It, it's a shame, but it's just it's a it's a strong reality. You know, mm -hmm. when you're born of color, you're in this nation. You're you're born with a strike against you, um, and then depending on your your situation, your you know. Um, opportunity to receive the right type of education there's so many factors that mm -hmm. can affect whether you make it or break it and mm -hmm. you know you really do have to put in five or ten times the amount of effort to get yeah, a, a thread you know a sheer little bit of that recognition you gotta put in a lot though it's just what they say you got if you want you, you got to put in 200 percent of the effort now it's not even 100 yeah. 200 now yeah you gotta work hard to get half of what the other side gets that's okay. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. It tastes even more sweeter when you get it. Because then oh. you look back and be like, I beat you out? Yeah. It something. I do it very, all the time. Very imbalanced, but it definitely says something for the people mm -hmm. that, that do get there. I mean, I absolutely No better it. feeling than to do that. And especially when you have those who doubt you from the from the get-go that just, for some reason, they look at, oh, how did you do it? You know how I did it? Because I committed myself to it. That's why. It's also about commitment. Right. You got to commit yourself mm -hmm. to doing this. If you want to be really in this Commitment is another part of it. You can't just half step it mm. at all. Can you you're, a, more on you're that? a DJ. You know what it's like being a DJ. You cannot half step your audience. It is at all. No, no. Thank you. Like throwing the tomatoes. You know, you, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to play the, the sounds that people want to hear. Oh, what's the DJ spitting tonight? They feel your vibe. If you Thank come there and give them that vibe, they're going to want you to make sure that they feel the vibe, too. Otherwise, they're going to say, oh, that DJ was whack tonight. He ain't even all that. 
you know, that's if you go into that you know, know FMI never gets that status. He's not. As a DJ, it's, say, it's similar to being a, a news anchor. You've got a pressure point where you got to make sure your audience can adapt to what you're saying and what you're doing because they right. you're controlling the controlling the element, right. reading the crowd, reading the. You have to understand. You know, you get it. That's why when I'm sitting here and I'm watching you and we're having this conversation and this interview, I can't wait to listen back to this. And I can't wait for the viewers to go on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just listen back to what you're saying. Because I'm going to be like, it's another person that looks like me that made it. Doing and it, doing it, doing it. And you know what? And I appreciate you saying that. But here's what I also say on those lines. Keep passing that baton around, man, because that's the one thing you got to okay. do. Keep passing that baton. One thing we got to do as a community, keep passing it down to the next generation. Gotta keep the movement going. We can't just let just okay, you made it, so now I gotta stop. No, the next person right. might want to be a DJ right. or a talk show host or a news anchor. Give them the same opportunities that we had to work for so that they can get up to that point too. They deserve the I opportunity. Work. I feel like that's our job. It is our job. We have to yeah. do it. That's, <laughs> that's they say, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, if, yeah. you're that, if you're in that position that you have that responsibility, do it. There's That's no right. You know, oh, yeah. you say, it comes back to you, by the way. You know, you never know. You put it out there, it will come back to you in some way, shape, or form. That's Doesn't right. And, it, and it's imperative because, you know, especially now, I feel like society, you know, we're in a microwave type of movement. Everything is, is very fast. You know, the attention spans are dropping. Yeah. Um, and then with, with our people, if you even just narrow it down, it's like ignorance is bliss. We have to, having a bucket mentality has to stop. Yeah, we we have, we have, I know where y'all going with this, and but let me let me just say I know exactly where you're going with that. And let me tell you, that is one of my pet peeves in our community. It really drives yeah. me f off. It's just it's like okay. I don't understand why we got this mindset that we just cannot just support one another and just stop being yeah. so damn Yo. ignorant. It drives you. Like, first of all, what makes you any better than me? Number one, you're fighting the same battles. I'm fighting and jumping the same hurdles. I'm jumping. So why are you trying to trip me up when I'm trying to help you and try to help us get to that level? Why mm-hmm. are you doing that? You get what I'm saying? I, it's like it, it, it really bothers me. I don't understand that. I mean, it's always industry. That's the thing. We have to see the people that are snakes and. And we have to not lose ourselves in it. So as long as I've been DJing and for me being a convict music and all that, I had to see things around me. Even though I was younger and I was still watching people older than me, but I'll, you know, sign there and watching them do bad business and do this. And, and I'm just like, how? Why? Why would you shortchange someone else? Why don't you know? It's, it, and it's, so, yeah, my, my goal is every day when I get on this to not lose a part of myself and to give the yeah. best me to our viewers and everyone that chooses to listen to VPR. I, wow. I think it's sad because it just shows that racially, you know, when you have when you go back hundreds of years to the physical slavery, it's now transported over to becoming a mental slavery because that mental slavery is the mentality that we're seeing where it's a dog eat dog world. You know, yeah. that, that, that vibe of pure community that we even had during the civil rights movement where people were protective of one another, protective mm-hmm. of the communities. The village was raising the child. You're not going to have someone running around getting in trouble because they're going to be knocking at the door like, I saw your kid come, bringing him home by the ear. We don't have the same type of moral compass that's happening right now. Nope. And the protectiveness is right. 
the last the level of discipline has changed i agree totally because i see it even as a as a professor a college professor i wonder yeah, yeah. where you learn this level of discipline from before you come here because i tell them if you were growing up in the 70s and 80s you wouldn't survive that era because when you did wrong <laughs> what happened? You did not want to you got in trouble in school. Home Everybody. Home was where you knew it was going to be in the Home was where you knew what? Something, something that was not going to be pleasant. Home was the last yeah. place you wanted to go to if you got in trouble yeah. in school. <laughs> you know it and I know it. Yeah. He didn't want to be our first. It's true. How, how do you think, I mean, I know this is such a broad answer and we could talk about this for hours, but how do you think that we can help to change that and really put into position the small steps that will help us um, gain that sense of community back, gain that unification that we are really going to need um, just in order to be viewed on a higher level in this nation? How do you, how do you think we begin? We got to start with understanding the problem and have to address it. And I think it's going to take a collective effort to have like-minded folks that know what's going on to address those issues. You can't just pull anybody off the street and say, I want him on my team. You got to have a meeting of the minds with those that know what the deal is and what needs to be addressed, that understand it, that get it, and know what needs, it has to be done. And you cannot sugarcoat it. This is a problem. We got to address it. We got to do what we have to do. It won't be easy, but we can start somewhere. But it takes like-minded individuals to put together as a team and to get everybody on the same page. Come to a common ground where you know we have an issue that we need to, we cannot just ignore like it never happened. Like, no, this is a problem that is going to get worse if we just continue to sit on the sidelines and let it continue. And just not take any initiative to say, okay, we got to stop this. Sometimes we rely, the problem is we rely on others to be leaders. We don't want to be our own leaders. I'm going to touch on Talk about it. And the, the thing that kills me, guys, is like when it comes to people speaking for our community, I'm speaking about, you know, yeah. minorities, they go to like the stars, the hip hop stars, the movie films. I'm like, why? Why Why? Why does he have to speak for our demographic? I, why should a rapper have to speak for me? I agree. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, this because we could grow up in, 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 in different neighborhoods that don't have as much as others. Why is that like the only story? Why is the rapper the only story? The basketball player the only story? Why is that the only one being publicized? Why not the kid that lives on 12F that's the scientist? Why not the kid that's uh, in English class that's going to go somewhere else in beautiful college? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why is it always the hip hop or the movie film that speaks or for the, the demographic? Or the, or the baller, right? I completely yeah. agree with you. How they use that in order to like, gauge things, you know? So that's what bothers me, though. Because because we all know my story, and let me tell you something. I wanted to be an athlete. I played sports in high school. I won. I was. I played golf. I played basketball. But I was not going to be a professional athlete. I realized that in high school. That's why I changed my approach to become a media personality, which allows me to be a part of sports and entertainment, not as an athlete or as an entertainer. But I can find right. other ways around it by being a part of that culture by covering the events and saying that I was there. Maybe not as a player, but as a media personality covering the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or the um, World or the uh, Stanley Cup or or March Madness, and I have experiences too. Not to be an athlete, I can say, yeah, I was part of that. I didn't play, but I covered them because I was there. Um, and I think it's even better to do it on your own terms, right? You're not under the pressure yeah. to score. <laughs> Just report about it. Report about on who scored. You Listen, know, I think it's exciting. You cover a sports team now. 
And what they do now, a lot of these teams have been doing over the years is that they actually give media people championship rings. So you don't, wow. have, to be, you don't have to be a player to win a chip. No, this really does happen. The Red Sox, I think in 2004, when they won the World Series, everybody on the staff got a championship ring. Everybody, wow. the broadcasters, the person. You don't have to be an athlete to be a part of the core. Oh, you just got right. awesome. I would have put my ring. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a cowboy like this. And you don't have to be an athlete. You just be a part of the culture. You still win a ring. That's good. Everybody is the best. <laughs> Our basketball team, the Clinic Tech, yeah. when the women's won the um won the was um won the conference championship a couple of years ago. The uh, coaches asked us, "Where are your ring sizes?" I said, "Huh?" She said, "Yeah, because we're all gonna get championship rings." So, so guess what? I'm helping helping part of the help being a part of the broadcast crew. Didn't play a single quarter or a single minute, but because I was part of that culture that helped us all win together, we're yeah. all we're champions. Yeah. So there are ways around yeah, this stuff that you don't even have to be a part of that fabric of having to be an athlete and being part of the industry. You can just be a part of that culture and then you're in the middle of it. And if you're in the right place at the right time, you will, you will reap the benefits. And that's really where that teamwork makes the dream work. Like you were just talking about earlier, right? 100%. Yeah. Instrumental. Instrumental. What words of encouragement could you give to those that are watching that are not just trying to break into media, but looking at your level of discipline and devotion to your craft? How would you encourage someone to really just go after that their dreams? Because that's exactly what you're doing. You're living your dreams. You gotta be passionate about what you want to do. It's where it starts. You gotta really want this. And I think the problem with today's generation is that they sound like they want to do it, but then when it's come when it comes time to do it, they get a different vibe about it. Mm. And it's not like you can just sit in front of a microphone like we do and just talk our talk and that's it. There's a lot of work that goes into this line of, of line of uh, professionalism where being a news anchor or a D, you gotta prepare. You gotta actually work. You gotta come in and do your yeah. homework and prepare for the stuff because you're getting paid for this for one. It's a part of your job. You're making a living off this kind of work. So you can't go in there and muck it up. Yeah. Number two, people rely on you for these reasons that you're doing these doing these jobs. If you come there and half step in it, they're not gonna like you, and that's gonna cost you your opportunity to have a a, a lot of employment. Right. So right. that and number three. You have to want to do it. You have to want it. You got to want it really bad. There's going to be challenges. You're going to face obstacles. It's part of life. But if you are really committed to this 100%, that's half the battle one. Because everything else will fall in line once you find yourself immersed in it. It'll all come natural. It's like, okay, I want to do this, but then I'll do the homework. But okay, and I'll see that it starts to pick up. And then as you start to excel, then you get more motivation yeah. doing it. And you'll say, okay, well, I know where I'm going with this now. And then watch as you reap those benefits that come down because as you put out the work, it comes back to you. And that's guys, VPR, please make sure you follow this. And where can they find you? Can you give us your YouTube? Can you well, give us your YouTube? Yet, but that might be in the future plans. Uh, you have me here okay. on, on Twitter and, and Instagram at Loud Multimedia. You can find me there on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook at Michael Lyle Jr. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. So you got the hashtag. You got my handle up there. That's where you go. Find me. Find me. Right up there on top there. It says a lot of media. That's right. Easy I'm to right follow, easy to interact with. And I know that, can you also give a little bit of a breakdown of like when you're recording? I know you're on NPR. You've got various various gigs. Where can people hear you? How, how can they hear you and access you? Um. You can find me on the weekends mostly during the week on uh, NPR here in Springfield. 
I do a lot of reporting on two stations, so you'll find me during the week doing some stuff as well. But just follow my page because I'm usually working the weekend shifts, and I'll usually do some stuff during the week as well. Okay. Um, and I'm usually I'm usually the work I work the weekends on the morning shift from eight till twelve o'clock or eight till ten on some days, but that's where you'll find me. Okay. And that's awesome, guys. You heard it here first on VPR. And, and, and DJ Epibod took the words out of my mouth as usual. I just love my partner. Uh, I love Thursdays. I love the yeah. guests that we have. And I have to thank you for even being here and giving us some of your time. I know Kiana's been in your ear. That's awesome. Because when she told me we had you, no, I was I stay excited. No, I in somebody's ear, FMI. I'm not playing games right here. <laughs> you know I, mean? I did my research. I'm watching your page. I was looking at everything you do. And I'm just like, I'm ready to speak to this gentleman. Uh, and I couldn't wait to have this interview. And I'm glad. But I'm going to listen back to this, guys. All of our viewers, you know where to find us at VPR. The only VPR right. radio. Trademark, signed, sealed, VPR. delivered. So don't play games. Yes. We're here to stay. Very, very happy to have our esteemed guest, Michael Lyle Jr. You can find him at Lyle Multimedia. Send him a message. You know, um, check him out on NPR, news anchor, radio host, talk show host. And busy. Move it all I'm not slowing down anytime soon either, for that matter. Nor should you. We we encourage you. And you can't beat them in golf. We, we encourage you to keep going. <laughs> we encourage you to keep going. We're we're very proud to see you and to have you as a guest, and we'd love to have you back on, especially after that film drops, so we can talk. Oh, absolutely. About it. Yes, I won't spoil it, but I'll just let you know. Just stay tuned. It'll be coming out in April of next year, and um, it's gonna be good. You'll learn something from the film, too, I'm sure. You'll probably maybe equate to what goes on in there, and you'll probably say, well, damn. Sounds a little bit like what I've been going through. Amen to that. <laughs> I can't wait. Do you have any final shout-outs? Anybody want to shout-out before? Um, yeah, I just want to shout-out my parents in New Jersey. I want to shout-out them down here in New Jersey. Um, since I'm from the Garden State, I was born and raised, like I said, in New Jersey. Yeah. And um, shout-out to them. Okay. Shout-out to my mentees and my colleagues across the spectrum right now. We're all going through this. Shout out to everybody that's trying to find their way and those who are going through the struggles because it's just a tough time for everybody. And I know that we're all trying to find our way through this and we will get through this. Just keep the man upstairs in the plans as part of the process. Like I always do, because he's the only one that's in charge right now. It doesn't matter who's running the country. Turn to him. He's got this under control and we'll get through this and we'll come out stronger than we ever have. I love that. Amen to that. You got to relinquish control of things you have no control over. Right. So yeah, we'll get through this. We will. Yeah, it has been so great having you on, Michael. Thank you so much for it. Guys, it was a pleasure. I couldn't be happier. This was great. Thank you. And hey, keep doing your thing with VPR Radio. You guys got a nice little platform going here. So, keys. Thank you. DJ, keep putting those tracks on. Keep putting those tracks out there. I see you. I saw you. I will. I got to push this down. Right now, down there. I see what you're doing, Key, out there. So, you keep doing your thing as well. I appreciate that. I, I really, really do. Thank you so much. Everybody that's watching, we appreciate you for watching every single Thursday. It's your girl, Kiana the Goddess, the incredible, the one and only DJ FMI. And we're here every single week, 2 p.m. We get it popping. Join us, send your questions. We always have the best guests. And, you know, we hope to see you again here next week. So thank you for watching. That was awesome. That was awesome. VPR Radio. Girl, Kiana, and my DJ, F-M-I. Don't say I can't have it, cause it just makes me want it more. Number one status, I gotta do the damn, the damn before, no, me, man, and me, when I get it. 
sardines for dinner I'm so Long Island, my swag bar My yard ain't 28 by 100, then why bother? I know no n from South Harlem, Brett Farvin Brooklyn that's on cue when I'm set Marvin You a rapper, you ass betting, a billionaire You talking to him, a social media millionaire Flee! Flex, Kuka Beamers in the band To all of my ladies and my men And all of my people going in Keep your head up, we doing good Three million, four million worldwide Ain't nothing wrong with puffin' no lie And if you with me, let me hear you say Got you. VPR, DJ FMI.